Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up? What's up? What's up? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. This is part two of the discussion that we started on Sunday night. Like I said, we are going to get into a recruiting update. Going to talk about the Mountain West being as weird as ever. It's a lot of fun. I'm also going to give my updated top 25 for college football. Had a decent amount of movement. Pretty fun weekend of college football viewing. The next month or so is going to be a lot of big-time games that are going to determine you know, what that college football playoff ultimately looks like. Obviously, the race for the Mountain West Championship is going to be a fun one to keep up with. The fun's really just getting started with college football. Obviously, we're going to talk plenty of college basketball over the, the coming weeks as well and, and months. Really looking forward to it. It's a it's a fun time of year. Before we get into everything, I did want to say my apologies for the delay on the upload. Thought this went into the feed Sunday night for some reason, I didn't. So I had to re-record this intro here. Just wanted to explain that real quick. Things are heating up in the ballpark. Every team is playing to finish the season strong and make it through the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. You won't miss a moment of the baseball postseason action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. All customers can take a crack at the sweet payday with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. String together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNVR. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with that code DNVR. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8787-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and up, age varies by jurisdiction, Void in Ontario, see dkng.co slash baseball for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets for the next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all these sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. They have all-in prices which show you the total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You can buy tickets in seconds. All it takes is two taps and boom, you're done. 
Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem DNVR for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, all right, all right. Like I said, we are going to talk about the Mountain West being weird as ever. We're going to give a 2024 recruiting update for CSU football. I did want to dive into my updated top 25 for college football, though. We'll try not to spend, you know, much more than like five minutes on this tops. But uh, at number one, I have the Michigan Wolverines. I understand that they're uh, not the most popular team in America right now for a variety of reasons. Jim Harbaugh, despite being one of the most brilliant football coaches in the country, collegiately or at the NFL level, is just really unlikable. He's he's a hard guy to root for. I understand it as a guy that like passively supports Michigan. My grandfather's an alum, so I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I certainly don't root against them. I root for them in the the big games, unless you know they happen to be playing CSU like they they did in 2022. But I just think they're the best team in the country. I get why they're unlikable. I get this whole new videotaping scandal thing is going to open up Spygate comparisons to the Patriots. Based on everything that I've read, it's really not that big of a deal. And honestly, if your signs are so predictable that they can be you know, videotaped and picked up after one week, that's on the opponent for not you know, mixing things up. It's like baseball. If your signs are getting stolen you should probably shake things up a little bit, get a little less predictable. I don't know. I guess we'll see how this whole thing plays out. But basically, based on everything that I've read, the only reason they even have rules against this is because small schools can't afford to send personnel to scout their opponents every week. And this rule was basically instated in the 90s to level the playing field. So I guess I'm just saying I understand that they're breaking the rules or whatever, and inherently that's bad, but I promise you there's a whole lot of this going on in college football, and I just don't think it was that big of a competitive advantage for them. Maybe I'm being ignorant, but that's my two cents on it. I do think Michigan is the best team in the country. That that combination of Blake Corum and J.J. McCarthy, Donovan Edwards, it's just so much to, to handle. And I know they haven't really played anybody yet, murdering a bad Michigan State team really doesn't do that much for you. We'll have to see how they handle Ohio State and Penn State. Ohio State obviously coming off of a big win over Penn State. We'll get to them here uh, coming up. But I've got Michigan at one. I just think they're proven at this point. The The playoff experience they got last year was huge, and they're my pick to win the national championship. So I'm going to keep rocking with the blue. Uh, number two, I've got Georgia. They're very inconsistent, obviously coming off the bye, but had a, a tight game against Vandy, who kind of is frisky against everybody, but can't really seem to win. I don't know. They're not the Vandy of old that's just absolutely a train wreck, can't even compete, but I mean, they're still Vandy. And number three, I've got Ohio State. I still, I'm not a big McCord guy at quarterback, but Marvin Harrison Jr. is just insane. Travion Henderson in the backfield. They've got a great O-line. It's it's tough to argue with what they're producing right now. So I've got Ohio State at three. I've got Florida State at four. There were a couple of moments where they stumbled a little bit, had that really tight game against Boston College, which going to, to BC always seems to be tough for Florida State. But they're coming off of a 38-20 win over a really good Duke team, top 20 win. I think this offense with Jordan Travis and Keon Coleman, 
it's for real. And so long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot here down the stretch, they're going to have a really good opportunity to make the playoff. I just don't think these other teams in the ACC are on the same level. North Carolina, maybe. They're tough to gauge, especially coming off of a really disappointing loss to Virginia. Miami's too inconsistent for me, and I don't think Cristobal is a great coach. Clemson is just a mess right now. You know, the ACC is definitely theirs to lose. I have Washington at five, despite a not very encouraging performance from the team or Michael Penix Jr., for that matter, against Arizona State. I will say that Sun Devils team is frisky. They do have some talent. They play hard. I think Dillingham is going to get that thing rolling once he's able to get a couple of recruiting classes in there. But I just think you have to also credit Washington for finding a way to grind it out when they didn't have their A game. It was ugly. It didn't look great. It's why I have them below uh, Florida State, and it's why I have them behind Ohio State as well. At one point, I had Washington as high as three. But I think grinding it out is huge, and that's the difference between you know a team like Washington, a team like Utah, and a team like USC, which is inherently just soft despite all the talent that they have. I've got Oklahoma at six. They were able to survive a tight game against UCF led by Gus Malzahn, Dylan Gabriel, Gabriel, excuse me, going up against his old school. Oklahoma, I don't think they have quite as much talent, at least on paper, as Texas. But man, do they play hard. They play really hard. And, you know, the, the Big 12, they're, they're in the driver's seat at this point. Probably going to get a Red River shootout rematch in that title game, I imagine. At seven, I've got Oregon. They have definitely exceeded my preseason expectations defensively. Really, really impressive. And Bo Nix just continues to ascend. He's a guy that I had completely written off. Now he's probably a top four quarterback in the 2024 class, depending on what happens with a couple of these guys, depending on who stays and who comes back. Oregon's really, really tough. I, I'm very, very interested to see what happens with them moving forward. I know they lost to Washington in the thriller, but nice response from them as well to pull it out against a, a talented Washington State team, although they are really struggling here over the last month, now just four and three on the year after that hot start. At eight, I have Texas. They're just too inconsistent for me right now. They played a great game. They have one of the best wins in, in the entire country going into Tuscaloosa and taking down Alabama. But now, you know, Ewers is hurt, so we'll see what happens there going forward. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Texas drops a game here late and ultimately misses the Big 12 championship game, especially if Ewers is going to miss significant time with that, I think it's a UC joint injury. Uh, at number nine, I've got Bama back in the top 10. I don't think what they're doing offensively is tremendous. Their run game is not as solid as it has been in years past. They don't have the talent at receiver outside of Jermaine Burton. But I do think that they're rolling defensively. That D-line is really starting to make a difference these past couple of weeks. Milrow, despite his flaws as a passer, gives the offense a, a, the best opportunity to compete with what he can do on the ground, some of those deep throws he's able to hit. They're, they're frisky. It wouldn't shock me if Bama gets to the SEC title game, if they found a way to upset a, a Georgia team that's you know kind of been up and down this year as well. I'm, I'm really interested to see how that plays out. At 10, I have Utah, who just continues to win despite the fact that they don't have their top two quarterbacks. Incredible. I do hope that Cam Rising comes back next year. I just want to see him play. Uh, but I, I think this Utah team... 
maybe I should have them even a little bit higher after some of these wins they pulled out. But uh, imagine if they had their starting quarterback. That's all I'm saying. At 11, I have Penn State. I firmly expect them to to be around the top 10 by the time it's all said and done. But it's going to be some cannibalization in that conference, much like the Pac-12. At 12, I've got Oregon State, who have responded nicely since dropping that game to Wazoo a couple of weeks back. Oregon, Oregon State, at the end of the year, that could have a lot on the line in that matchup. At 13, I have Ole Miss. Then I have Notre Dame at 14, LSU at 15. Not super sold on LSU, but Bama's still going to have to respect them. Obviously, Brian Kelly, another one of those guys that's a dork, but he's a brilliant offensive mind. I then have Missouri at 16. They continue to roll, really putting together some impressive wins here. Louisville, 17. I've got Air Force at 18. I think that's one spot higher than they are in the AP poll. Falcons, 7-0 after beating Navy. Going to be interesting to see if they can avoid the typical slip-up. I'm I'm very curious to see if they overlook CSU, you know, with Army coming around the corner. Those service academy games mean a hell of a lot more to Air Force than winning the Mountain West. At 19, I have North Carolina. I had them all the way up at 10 at one point, I think, but you can't lose to a, a Virginia team with a losing record and not have it drop you significantly. Keeping it rolling, I've got Tulane at 20, Duke down to 21 after losing to Florida State. I have Tennessee, who dropped a, a tough one against Bama at 22. James Madison, undefeated at 23. A shame they can't participate in a bowl. We've got to change that. I mean, they went... Nine and three last year, eight and three, whatever it was, and now they're seven and zero. Oh, clearly, they can compete. Makes me, makes me wonder if the Mountain West should really seriously start considering North Dakota State and South Dakota State. Just something to consider. Uh, finally, wrapping it up here, I have USC at twenty four with Caleb Williams. I still think they're a top twenty five team, but man, that defense it's it's a joke, and he's had some really bad games and big moments for them. Finally, at 25, I have the UCLA Bruins. I think they defensively are are nasty in that run game under Chip Kelly. It's a lot of fun to watch. UCLA could definitely be one of those frisky teams that ends up ruining a potential playoff bid for the Pac-12. I just don't see anybody surviving that gauntlet. All right, now that we have got through that top 25, let's talk about the Mountain West being weird as ever. I mean, first of all, we have a bowl-eligible UNLV, and we're not even to Halloween yet. Let that sink in. First time the Rebels have been bowl-eligible since 2013, only the fifth time in school history that UNLV will be bowl-eligible, or will be in a bowl game, I should say. Hats off to Barry Odom. I I think... It should be pointed out that it was a program that wasn't in disarray or anything like that. It was a much different situation. I was frankly surprised that UNLV moved on from Marcus Arroyo. I thought they were really close to turning the corner. Feels like you kind of bring in the, the closer, I guess, if it was a baseball analogy to, to finish the job here. Odom doing a great job. He added some, some key pieces via the transfer portal, especially on that defensive side. Uh, you look at their... There's stud linebacker, Jackson Turner, safety that made a pick against CSU. Those were some key additions for them. But now we get to see what they're really made of. I mean, they've got Fresno State this weekend, and they've got a very winnable game against New Mexico. You don't want to drop one there. Although New Mexico, frisky as well. We'll talk about them here in just a second. 
Then they conclude the season with Wyoming, Air Force, San Jose State, another team who seems to have found some life after a rough start. But honestly, you're pretty much playing with house money at this point if you're UNLV. Just being bowl eligible is a win in itself. I do think you would like to get to that eight win mark just because you're already at six at this stage of the season. You know, what if you accept that Wyoming, Air Force, Fresno, you're probably going to be underdogs in that one. San Jose State, probably a toss-up. I could see that going other either way. As of right now, though, Sunday, October 22nd, UNLV, 6-1, bowl-bound, while San Diego State and Boise State, two of the most consistent programs in the conference over the last 15 years, both have losing records. The Aztecs got shut out this weekend 6-0 at home against Nevada, who had a 16-game losing streak going in. Now, if you followed the pod, I've talked about the fact that Nevada, they've been a little bit more interesting over recent weeks. They established a lead against Texas State on the road, although they ultimately blew it. Their defensive line definitely gave Fresno State some issues. I felt like offensively, they showed some things in the the loss to UNLV that I hadn't really seen from them. Like You, you can see the progress that they're making. But man, to get shut out 6-0 at home to this Nevada team, that's a bad, bad look for Brady Hoke for San Diego State. They have this gorgeous new stadium and it's just, you know, being played in, in front of 40% capacity crowds. I know the numbers won't say that officially, but watch those games. Tell me how many people are there. I understand that they've played a, a pretty tough schedule. I mean, you look at it. Ohio is a good team. They picked up a win against Idaho State FCS, although a a really good offense. They lost a game to UCLA. I have them in my top 25. I have Oregon State as a top 12 team. They lost to Boise State, though, got murdered by Air Force, barely stole one against Hawaii. Now they get beat at home by Nevada, and that just puts them in a really tough spot because coming up, they've got Utah State coming into town. That's a really explosive offense. I don't see any way San Diego State comes or it keeps up with them. If they lose to CSU and that's their seventh loss, it keeps them out of a bowl. Does Brady Hoke even make it to San Jose State and Fresno State at the end of the year? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm not I'm not rooting for him to be fired. I don't have anything against him personally or anything like that. I did say in the preseason that I was inclined to fade the Aztecs, that I didn't think they were going to have a good year, that I thought seven and five was the very best that they could go and that Hoke would get fired before the end of the season. Right now, it's it's trending in that direction. 2009, that was the last time San Diego State had a losing season. That was actually the first year of Brady Hoke's first tenure before he established the success, went on to Michigan, and then obviously ended up coming back post-Rocky Long. Weird to see them in that spot. I was a freshman in high school. That was the last time they had a losing season. Boise State, on the other hand, they haven't had a losing season since 1997. And I don't think that Boise will finish with a losing record. I think San Diego State has a much better chance to do that, just looking at their remaining schedule. But I also don't think that anything much more than 500 is realistic. I guess if they beat Wyoming this weekend, then maybe. But even after that, they still have to play Fresno State, Utah State, and Air Force. New Mexico is really the only game in in which they're going to be big favorites, I would think. I don't know. I was surprised to see 
a lot of chatter amongst the Boise circles about still potentially hosting a Mountain West championship. I, I to me, I think losing in Fort Collins that that killed any Mountain West title hopes they have. I, I guess if they ran the table, but I just don't see it. They they don't have the defense. And offensively, I have no idea what they're doing with this two QB system. It's just detrimental to both guys. And I think it's going to drive Taylor Green right out the door. Great athlete. I'd way rather rock with his plus traits, his ability to create something out of nothing than going with Maddox Madsen or whatever the, the short guy's name is. All right, keeping it moving, uh, along with a bowl-eligible UNLV, we have at least the possibility of a bowl-eligible UNM. They have Nevada coming up. They, they picked up a crucial win over Hawaii this past weekend. That was huge. They've got Nevada, Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV. I don't know why I said it that way. Uh, Boise State, Fresno State, Utah State. The odds of them pulling three wins out of their... Not great. I mean, they have to beat Nevada without a doubt. You know, I could see them being frisky against UNLV, Boise, depending on how the next couple weeks go. Maybe their season falls apart. I am rooting for them, though. I've said it multiple times. I really like Danny Gonzalez. They did bring in the offensive coordinator from UAB, and Dylan Hopkins as well came over as a package duo. I wonder if I wonder if they miss a bowl if Gonzalez gets let go and they just promote the, the OC because that offense really is rolling and it's you know sustainable. They've got a good run game. But I like Gonzalez. He's a guy I'm pulling for. Another guy I'm pulling for, another weird team, Brent Brennan at San Jose State. He's been really good to me at Media Days the last couple of years, just really down to earth. Even after they had like their their breakout Mountain West Championship season, just a guy that was you know willing to talk with you about whatever you wanted, and I, I just found him to be very relatable, very similar to Norvell in a sense where you could understand immediately why guys would be drawn to him, why parents would want to send their kids to play for him. Just gives off great dad vibes, to be honest. Uh, but San Jose State, it had been a struggle. At one point, they're sitting there at one and five. They've picked up back-to-back blowout wins, though. I mean, coming into the season, Chevin Cordero was named the preseason offensive player of the year for a reason. It was confusing why they, they weren't able to get that offense going at times. They did lose some tough ones. I mean, losing 35-27 to 27 to Boise State, that's a heartbreaker. Now at 3-5, and five, though, they go to Hawaii, should win that one. And then they've got to find a way to take two out of three between Fresno State, San Diego State, and UNLV should beat San Diego State. So if you can beat one of Fresno State or UNLV, you could sneak into a bowl at 6-6 six and six after starting the year 1-5. and five. I'm kind of rooting for that to happen just for the chaos of it. Not going to spend a ton of time on Hawaii or Nevada, but they're both frisky teams that you're capable of dropping games against. We already talked about Air Force doing their thing. The fact that they've been able to do this after losing Brad Roberts and Hazik Daniels and just so many key pieces in that offense to see the way they've come out and, and executed this year is insane. Larrier is really impressive as a passer. They don't do it a ton, but he just seems to make three or four perfect throws a game that end up playing major, major roles in the outcome. That's something the secondary is certainly going to have to keep an eye on. And this one, you know, you get so fixated on that triple option. And then all of a sudden he throws a 75 yard touchdown on you because your eyes get caught peeking in the backfield Wyoming, another team that's tough as hell. They've already survived some close calls, though. Like, to win that game against App State, to win that game against Texas Tech, 
how sustainable is it? I don't know, but defensively, they're just they're really impressive. And you've got to credit Andrew Peasley for elevating his game and for elevating that team. All right, before we move on, the long-winded point of all this is just to point out that the league is weird this year. And the fact that CSU is having kind of a roller coaster season, it's kind of right on par with a lot of teams. You look at Utah State, you look at San Jose State. There's just there's a lot of teams that are all kind of right there in the middle together. I would say the parity in this league from top to bottom is about as even as it's ever been. And it just might end up being a pretty crazy finish. So buckle up, enjoy it. I think it's going to be a really fun final month of the year for the Mountain West. And maybe we even end up with some different teams in the title game, which would be refreshing. But I just wanted to kind of go through the league because I I really do think it's as weird as it's it's ever been, at least since I've started following the, the Mountain West consistently. Before we get out of here, before we wrap up with the recruiting update, I do want to shout out our friends over at FOCO. They're a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They have some of the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Maybe you want to get a new hoodie, new bobblehead, new pennant, whatever you're looking for as a sports fan, they've got your back. FOCO always has our back for Colorado sports. They will have yours too. For all non-presale items, use the code DNVR for 10% off, or you can just check out the link in the podcast description. I also want to talk to you guys about our homies at Breckenridge Brewery. You know we love Breck Brews at DNVR, and that's because they have a beer for any occasion. They've been doing this for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. I personally am a big Mountain Beach sour guy, but you can't go wrong with the Avalanche Amber Ale. It just feels appropriate. You know, the Avs are playing, they're rolling. Tis the season to have a frosty Avalanche Amber Ale. I love Breck Brew. I know you guys will too. Check out the Breck Brew locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. Make sure you hit up the farmhouse out in Littleton if you ever have a chance. I recommend the Wings or Burger. Both are great. But it's a great spot to hang out. They've got awesome outdoor seating. They have a, a beer slushy you can get. I mean, it really is awesome. Check it out. We love Breck Brew. You love Breck Brew. We all love Breck Brew. Cool, cool, cool. Let's wrap up here with a 2024 recruiting update for CSU football. Not going to spend a ton of time on this, but expectedly, still great to see Dagen Myers, son of legendary Rams safety Greg Myers, has committed to CSU football. He plays for Chatfield down here in Jefferson County. If you're a local like myself, um, he's he's a lot like his dad when you watch him. I mean, you don't want to put that type of expectations on him. Greg Myers, one of three people, I think, that has his name up there in the stadium. So just one of the, the program's best and, and most talented individuals of all time. But Dagen, man, he's, he's a stellar athlete. He's really dangerous in the return game. That's probably the, the most lethal aspect of his game. But he's really come on strong as a, as a DB this year. 25 total tackles on the season, 18 of which are solo, averages just under four tackles for game. Also has a couple tackles for loss. Love a DB that's not afraid to come up and make a play. Only one interception on the year, but he does have 10 pass deflections, which shows you, you know, he's a guy that's active. He's going to go after the ball. That's great to see. You love to see that, especially at the high school level. And just, I'm really happy that CSU found a way to make Myers feel like he was wanted. You know, not just because 
he's Greg's son, but because he's a guy you want in the green and gold, he feels like the type of Colorado prospect that in years past would have maybe been overlooked by the staff and probably ended up in Laramie. I mean, Wyoming is recruiting Myers and how, how sick to your stomach would you have been if that happened? If, you know, the, the son of one of the best players in program history ended up wearing brown and yellow and playing for the pokes, it just would have been, it would have been a sore sight for CSU eyes as would, you know, a guy like Jack Moran, you know, going up to, to Wyoming or going to another Mountain West school. I just, I like that the staff is prioritizing these legacy students. I think it's it's cool to have guys like that on the team. You see how much it means to to Jack Howell to represent the Rams. And obviously you're not going to necessarily hit on all these guys and not everyone's going to be Jack Howell. But just at their core, they are CSU people. They are going to bust their ass for the program. They understand the tradition, the history, what it, what everything means, you know, what playing for the bronze boot really represents and I just think if you have guys like that who also, you know, do fit the the recruiting mold that you're looking for. Myers is a stud athlete. I mean, he's exactly what what you know Freddie Banks and, and Jay Norvell are looking for. If you can get a guy like that that also happens to have CSU ties, that feels like a no-brainer. Just really stoked. Really stoked to see Myers commit to CSU. I'm very intrigued by some of the the local prospects that the Rams are in the mix for. Obviously, we've talked about Moran quite a bit in the past. But I think whether you look at him or Zach Smith, the, he's a tight end right now, but he's going to be playing offensive tackle at CSU or, you know, now Myers. It's a pretty solid, solid crew of local prospects that you're in the mix for. Still have a really great presence in California and throughout the West Coast. If you go down to Arkansas, I I know he doesn't get talked about quite as much as Darius Curry or, or Jordan Ross do, but Jalen Dupree is a monster. He is a monster, and I think he and Corey Hall are going to be awesome offensive prospects. I just I like this class. I don't know. I've seen some people kind of poo-poo on it, but especially you know talking to some of the experts, some of these guys they've got out of California are potential steals. Like Philip Ocon out of Cali, he he's going to be really awesome. I've heard great things about Berlin Lillard and John Holthouse as well. So nice little nice little class that the staff is putting together. Really intrigued to see how this all shapes up. But Norvell's a great recruiter. So is Savage. You've got to credit the whole staff for their efforts, both locally and abroad. I mean, they've they've done solid in the Midwest. They've had some success in Ohio and Indiana. Kansas is actually an area that, that they're recruiting pretty well right now, which I love to see that. I mean, no offense if you're from Kansas. If you live in Kansas, the vast majority of my extended family, you know, born and raised in Kansas, a lot of them still live out there. But... I mean, go through Western Kansas and then come to Colorado, especially once you get out of the, the Eastern portion and, you know, tell me it's, it's not a very easy decision. Yeah. I think I'll, I think I'll go to Fort Collins. I, I get that college towns are great and I've got a lot of love for Manhattan, Kansas, you know, K-State's a fun spot. Lawrence, especially if you're there for a basketball game or something, it's, it's great. Those are both great schools. You know, I, I have no hate for farm country or anything like that, but Four cons. That's that's God's gift to to Earth. So that's all I've got for this one. Uh, we'll be back probably on Tuesday with more content. But I appreciate all of you for keeping up with the show. Again, we'll be talking much more hoops in the coming weeks. Obviously, we'll continue to follow football for the rest of this campaign. We'll get into recruiting as the early signing period comes up in December. It's almost winter. I'd, 
Saw snow in the forecast, potentially a chilly night for that Air Force game. We'll have to see. Not ready for that. I'm ready to be over the the 80 degree days, but not ready for snow. (laughs) Anyways, that's all I've got for you. Much love y'all. Thanks for supporting the show. Always proud to be. Peace. Probably never make it when you listening to that right now. I said we on that.